0: Welcome to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, a podcast for managing and growing your legal practice. Lexicon CEO Dan Cunio and Director of Legal Operations and Training, Sarah Rutan Bates, discuss how to make your law practice profitable in the modern legal industry. Hello and welcome to The Entrepreneur Lawyer. I am your host, Dan Cunio, along with my amazing... Co host Sarah Rutan Bates.
1: A new word today. A new word? I thought love you'd be it. happy and excited. I, love it.
0: I was hoping you'd catch on with that.
1: Yeah, I, I I was paying attention to you this time.
0: Oh, hey, we'll take it. One, <laughs> one time, all right, mark it. You, everyone's heard it. She's actually listening and paying attention. And I'm
1: done for 2022.
0: Uh, no, now she's sleeping. Okay,
1: so let's move on to our guest. Yes, it's we do not have all a guest. about you.
0: Not today. It's not. And, and I am so excited <laughs> to have our guest on. Our guest is Mike Chalmers. He's with Buck. And before we really get into talking with Mike, when Sarah and I were discussing, how can we make this podcast a little bit more interesting and for entrepreneurs and lawyers to take something away? We immediately thought of, we are in the Great Resignation. And what better way to really address that than to bring on one of the best, an an expert in their field, and someone who has just so much wealth and knowledge to to be able to to share with all of our listeners. And attorneys want to know, What's in it for me? How can I make more money? Whether you're out on your own or you have your own firm, you're looking to grow in today's day and age. What can I do to satisfy my employees besides money? And so with that, we have Mike Chalmers with us. Mike, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're at and and what kind of brought you to there. And we'll go from there.
2: Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, Dan. So just quick, uh, uh, you know, uh, graduated from law school a long time ago. And uh, uh, went into consulting right after law school, spent about 10 years on the consulting side in executive compensation and, and you know, a lot of tax law. And then um, uh, ju- went into the corporate side, spent about 15 years on the corporate side, uh, managing uh, compensation and, and total rewards at uh, a couple of big companies. And then three years ago, went, left corporate and went back to consulting. And uh, now I lead the, the career practice at Buck consulting which is uh, you know mid-size uh, HR management consulting firm um, and I live in st. Louis so. wonderful
1: <gasps> that means he could see your billboard
0: <laughs> <laughs> And he can tell us how much that should cost, too. Oh, okay. You know, when, when we were teasing earlier, Sarah wants to really put us on a billboard, and I'm, I'm kind of on the fence Lies. whether or not I want that to happen. <laughs> but we, we've been talking with some other guests and uh, some potential clients and customers, and attorneys are always looking at money in the bottom line. And it's not just about compensation. There's so much thought that goes into that, isn't there? They just don't throw a number out and, and hope it sticks.
2: No, no, a hundred percent. You know, and and I think that uh, you know, what I, I like to say a lot is that uh, one. You know, having spent a, a lot of time on the client side, on the corporate side, and and working with a lot of clients now, you know, if, if we're I often tell people if we're talking about compensation, we're talking about the wrong thing. Studies will tell you that you know, while compensation is one of the top three reasons people join an organization, it's not often in the top ten reasons why they leave right? And so I I think that as long as they're paid competitively, again, I think you've got to make sure that you're paying your people competitively, which generally we define as, you know, kind of plus or minus 10% of where you want to be in the market. And you need to understand what the market's paying for that talent. But then, you know, there's a lot of other things that they think about, you know, whether it's what opportunities do I have to continue to grow my skill set, to continue to advance, to become more technically proficient, you know, a lot of it comes back to, What's the leadership like at the firm? What's my relationship with my boss? Just a lot of reasons why people leave. But pay's often not the top one. Now, if, if they do take the call, if your employees are competent, you know, if, if they start taking phone calls, then somebody's going to offer them more money. So, you know, a lot of companies here, a lot of people here, well, they left because of pay. Pay's important. It's important to make sure you're competitive, but you don't have to be the highest payer to have the best team.
0: And that's so true, and it and it's very interesting in, in today's hybrid era. You, you you mentioned being competitive within the market. How do I know if I'm competitive in the market?
2: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. So within the you know legal paralegals within law firms, um, you know, practice area is one thing that that you know drives pay. Um, the size of the firm, sometimes you know that'll be a, another uh, factor that'll influence compensation. Where people live, or where you need the job. If you need a, an attorney in New York or, or Southern California, then you know you're going to have to pay a little bit more th- for that than you would in in other parts of the country.
1: And there's tools, uh, right, Mike? That. I'll just say maybe executives of law firms or whomever those hiring leaders are, um, tools that they could use for like comp data um, that even breaks it down, right, based on experience, market, all of that?
2: Uh, Yes, 100%. Dan, did she just call me a tool? A yeah. I, she was looking at me. And, did you, tool. So. Um, no, you, you No, you're right, Sarah. Sarah, quit insulting our guest.
1: He's way funnier than you.
2: You know, to, if, if if people want to go check out, you know, how much attorneys make within different practice areas, there's a couple of different surveys that you can you can look at. Generally, the surveys cost a little bit of money to purchase. You know, you can work with a, a consultant like what we do to help understand how much people should get paid. But just watching job boards and markets. I mean, big part of what I do is, is just triangulating different data points to try to come up with the best answer for clients. And I think that's a similar approach that, you know, I would tell anybody, if, if you want to do it on your own, then then, you know, those are the kinds of things that you want to consider and the the kinds of resources that you want to look at.
1: Mike, from from your standpoint, uh, I think a lot of people right now are struggling to retain talent, right? Uh, But they're really struggling to find new talent. Where you sit, do you think it's because people, the the ones, let's just say, who are struggling are not being competitive enough that they're not taking these steps that you're outlining and just, you know, I, I think you stated work backwards, right? Step backwards and look at what people really, really want. Yes, money, of course, is going to bring people in the door. But um, gentlemen, I know just because I work with our HR team on recruiting aspects, people are even turning down money. I mean, you could go in and offer more to some people and they're just saying no, but what, what can these law firms really, really be doing to determine what is so important to a potential employee that it's just going to, it's going to help us seal the deal?
2: You know, that's a really good question. And, you know, the answer that I give today is a little bit different than the answer that I might've given a couple of years ago, just because, you know, we live in a COVID world or post, I mean, you like to think it's going to be post COVID at some point, but, uh, you know like work from home is a big deal right now and having that balance being able to have more balance you know and and so so that's a big you know if if you want to you start we're definitely seeing more companies now that as they start to offer more flexibility around where they have to work then people are willing to take less money to have more flexibility so you're definitely seeing more trade offs now And it's more apparent because people have more choice, you know, especially since we've all kind of lived on Zoom or lived on Teams for the last couple of years, you know, and and how we work. That's just started to change. I think another thing is, you know, a lot of companies, they give people things that, you know, sometimes it's monetary and it's more cash based. Sometimes it's more, you know, from a benefits, from a retirement perspective, you know, allowances, other things. So you want to make sure that what you're doing fits the profiles of the attorneys that you're trying to hire or the the people that you're trying to hire. One, that they value it. And two, they understand it. You know, and I I think that's where a lot of companies, I see a lot of companies spend a lot of money on things and they don't tell employees what they're, you know, all the value that they're getting beyond their base salary. You Mm -hmm. know, so when somebody comes and says, I'll give you 10% more from a base salary, you know, they, they just, um, they don't, they don't understand exactly what that, what that looks like because they don't know how much the company spent for them. So, What is that called? Total Rewards Statement? Uh,
1: Yes, there's another name that I'm thinking of, but that's basically what it is, right? So uh, maybe at the beginning of every year, you put together this report for each individual employee where it shows everything that the company has. Breaks it
0: all down by benefits.
1: Exactly. Uh, Contributed on their behalf. Um, So really, uh, I've seen those for myself, right? And you look at that grand total at the very end and you're like, oh, wow, you know, if you add that Mm. all up, uh, Mike, that's a really valid point that until you just see that broken down line by line by line, people don't really realize how much goes into it.
0: And you mentioned earlier uh, total rewards, and that's just not a card that you get stamped and you're earning points on. (laughs) So (laughs) what is uh, the best way to explain that uh, for firms to explain that to their employees?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the value that they receive working there. You know, and, and there's the monetary part that is the you know, the um how much you how much you get paid in base salary, do you have an incentive plan, you know, what is that what are the opportunities to earn? Then, you know, benefits. Generally, you know, most companies the cost share is, you know, 80%. Companies pay 80% of the premiums and and uh, the employee pays 20%, you know, maybe that's a typical arrangement. But again, employees don't understand how much value there is in all of those things that you receive. I think another thing that, you know, and again, this wouldn't go on a total reward statement necessarily, but back to that, do you give employees the opportunity to continue to develop and grow uh, in the, in their career? You know, if you have somebody that you're putting them in, in situations, I always like to think about it as that whole billable hour type of, uh, if, if your billable hour rate's $100 an hour and you're giving people, the ability to do $200 an hour work, then they're growing in that. They're getting to do work that helps them continue to develop their skill set. If they're doing $50 an hour work, then they're not going to be as enthusiastic about the work. They're not growing. You know, they're just churning hours. So again, I think that's where mm-hmm. you, you need to think about, you know, what are the things that people are getting? And do you have the right structure? You know, I think the types of roles that you have and, and how you build your team, are you putting the right level of work with the right person so that you can continue to, to not only grow people, but it makes work more fun. You know, if I get to do work that is engaging and I'm challenged by it, then, you know, generally I like that work more than I like just administering things.
0: Or be part of a podcast that it's a lot of fun. Right, Sarah?
1: I'm sorry, I, I, I checked out.
0: <laughs> she um, <laughs> she lost her total rewards statement, I think.
1: No, I remembered, though, what it was. Uh, I think it was just called the annual comp statement. Total rewards yep. is way more enticing, though. Yeah, I like that I'm, better. we got to
2: continue to reinvent ourselves. Yes. I mean, we're, <laughs> comp people. we're not party people. We don't <laughs> get invited to parties. So we're not fun people. I work with actuaries and math nerds. So, uh, math. You know. <laughs> Got to sound, we got we to have some sizzle. <laughs> total reward. It <laughs> might be of like
1: a casino.
2: I was just thinking that by like
0: Caesar's total rewards or yes. something like that. Trying to get that statement. What about this side of the, the argument? Uh, just to try to be creative. Employers not really thinking about what the potential candidate wants or the employees want. Meaning going back to total rewards. Maybe the whole insurance and benefits isn't important to me. So how do I make something lucrative or important to that potential candidate?
2: You know, I I think that especially today, um, you know, benefits and and some of that stuff can be a big differentiator, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the world of high deductible benefits plans. If you have a $5,000, $4,000 out of pocket maximum for a family, you're gonna pay a lot for healthcare during the year. And again, so these are things where if you've got great programs, you definitely wanna tell your employees about it. Because it's costing you more money, and it's costing you some money, and find out like where are you from a competitiveness perspective. Because if you're providing better benefits than other employers are, then you're running up the cost of what competitors are going to have to pay to steal your people. And again, like they may not take the call because if they're using your benefits and they're really good, we have a company in, in St. Louis that's a, it's a great company, and they have amazing benefits. They don't pay a lot for them. They're, they some of the best benefits that I've ever, I've ever seen. They are able to highlight that and people talk about it. You know, it's a big deal for them.
0: And you have to probably look at the candidate too, at least in our experience, when we've uh, been doing some recruiting for other clients, you have to look at the, not just the age, but also the experience. And what, what is it that they're looking for? Because going back to your point, Someone who is in their twenties, maybe their thirties. I'm not going to go any higher. I don't want to date myself. But the whole health insurance—it may not be important, especially if they are healthy.
1: No, it's right. a good point. I think that um, the younger generation—they—and good for them—they don't have as much of a need, you know, for those um, better benefits packages. But you know, at one point, that will be something really, really important to them. Um, but Dan's point is valid. I've actually had that happen where people say, "Well." That's a great package, but I don't really use my benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, I maybe go to the doctor once a year. And, and of course, I'm thinking... I'm healthy.
2: I'm single. <sighs> I want to be have a you. <laughs> <but> <laughs>
1: well,
2: well, the same thing with retirement, right? I mean, some companies have great retirement programs. But, you know, like we were... When I was at worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, like most of the people that we hired out of college, their parents weren't even retired yet. Like it wasn't even something that was on their radar And so while we had this great benefit, it wasn't, we had to figure out a way to communicate it and make it something that they wanted to participate in and that they valued, you know? And so there's a lot of creative communication and, and, and strategy that goes into some of that stuff as well.
1: Well, and Mike, um, couldn't you be, speaking of being creative, on the employer's side, you could offer different types of benefit packages as well, right? So the um, employee could then say, well, hey, this is what works for me for my lifestyle. Uh, and maybe they opt into a different benefit that's not as appealing to somebody else. I've seen that personally, but from your standpoint, is that a good option as well?
2: No, 100%. You know, one of the things that we're seeing some clients do, and and I, I think it's a really good idea, is, is starting to, um, you know, maybe you take $5,000 a year and you kind of carve it out and you give employees the ability to either put it toward paying their medical premiums or applying it towards, putting it towards student loans or buying some additional vacation days. You know, like give them some choice and you're starting to separate the types of uh, everything isn't base salary. So, you know, or or it's not in some other benefit, like you're giving them a bucket of money to be able to, to spend it how they want to spend it. And, and, you know, if I'm older and I want to spend, put more into my retirement, or I want to do some different things, there's some tax and legal stuff that you got to work around. But I think giving employees choice is a great way to, to spend some of that money. And, And to your guys point, highlight the different programs that you have.
1: Yeah. And it lets them pick what's important to them.
2: More of an a la carte. So yeah, they their, they were a
1: part of that mm-hmm. whole process. I like that.
0: I hate to always go back to it's about the money, but salary bans, it's an actual uh, analysis that's performed.
2: Right. Well, and you know, I mean, in today's day and age, right, where you you, you want to try to to get the, the similar work at similar levels within the organization, especially, you know, with pay equity and some other, you know, discrimination and other testing that we need to do. Um, we want to make sure we're paying people that do similar roles in a similar way um, so that you're not discriminating, you're not doing some of the int- unintentionally doing things that you don't mean to do that can get you in a lot of trouble. So yeah, and you know, and I think the other thing to think about, especially as you build the business case you know, for hiring people and, and thinking about the types of roles that you need is to uh, make sure that, you know, like for certain levels, you're going to want them probably to bill more hours. You're going to charge more mm-hmm. for their hour. So yeah. again, it allows you to reverse engineer some of the, how much can I pay and how much can I make from adding this role and how busy are they going to be? So again, I think from a business perspective, it allows you to kind of work backwards and do some math.
0: That, that's such a, a unique perspective that I, I don't think a lot of, Firms are are really taken into consideration, and as you know, Mike, being a recovering attorney yourself, <laughs> that <laughs> lawyers are just so old school and stuck back in time, and they they just I I don't understand what it is about attorneys why we're like
2: that. You know, I mean, I I think it all starts with just walking the halls for so many years in big circles. It just <laughs> you know, like when I was an intern. It, at big firms, you know, like they, they, they would just walk around at like seven o'clock to make sure everybody's there.
1: Still, I was going to offer to tell you gentlemen what the paralegals all think, but we'll leave that one for another day.
0: <laughs> we are, unfortunately, we're, we're running out of time, Sarah. Yes. But Mike, before we, we conclude here, can you give our listeners a, a website to go to and, and some contact information that they can reach out to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, you can reach me at uh, Mike, M-I-K-E dot Chalmers, C-H-A-L-M-E-R-S at Buck, B-U-C-K dot com. Um, or you can go to our website, Buck com.
0: Wonderful.
1: I, I love this episode. Like, I, I, I feel know. like it's just going to shake And we just up. scratched
0: the surface. That's I the know. best part of it. Uh, hopefully, uh, Mike, would you be willing to come back at a later date?
2: Yeah, no, that sounds great. That sounds great. And let me know when Sarah turns 30 and her benefits become important to her. (laughs) Oh, my God. All
1: right. Listen, y'all, I'm going to take that because Sarah is well above 30. (laughs) Thank you. That was the best compliment ever.
0: I guess I'm just sitting over here, just old and. I don't know.
1: Dan, listen, Mike's funny. He's he's going to be my co-host when you're out.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dan wow. gets to be on a billboard. I mean, That's
1: right. I don't understand. that. <laughs> Mike in a bus, don't forget. I'll take
2: my billboard
0: and my sour band and we'll call it a day. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you again, Mike, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Sarah and I really appreciate it. And we would really appreciate it if you could share this with your family and friends. And also, if you can go out there and and like our episode, we'd greatly appreciate that as well. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, presented by Lexicon. Lexicon is a legal software and services provider that enables lawyers to do what they do best, practice law. Tune in next time with our hosts and be sure to subscribe and leave your review on your preferred podcast streaming platform or by visiting LexiconServices.com.